your positive, positive, positive imprint. 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 Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Hello, <laughs> this is Catherine with Your Positive Imprint. Today's episode, I make each hat unique so people can take pride in wearing it. My featured guest is Darlene Matz. She is from Alaska. Well, I met Darlene when my family and I were stranded up at the Beaufort Sea, up at the Arctic, in the village of Kaktuvik. The winds were so strong and the fog was so thick that no planes were coming in, nor were they going out. So I had the opportunity to meet people and mingle with people, and Darlene was one of them. She is the pastor for the village there in Kaktuvik, and she travels there once a month for services. And she happened to be there the same time that we were stranded. And I have to tell you, it is so cold up there. They lent us parkas. I mean, I had all of my gear. Nice heavy gear, but it wasn't enough for those winds. The winds are so strong and they bring in such cold temperatures off the Arctic Ocean. And you take your mittens off, and I had really good mittens, but if you take your mittens off, your hands just freeze. It was quite an experience. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I would love to get stranded up there again and meet more people who have wonderful positive imprints. Well, again, you are listening to Your Positive Imprint. What's your PI? You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Your Positive Imprint, and you can go to my website for more information regarding this episode and for email updates, yourpositiveimprint.com. Please leave positive reviews and don't forget to hit that subscription button and subscribe to this podcast. So now I take you to the very, very cold, cold temperatures of Kaktubik, but the very warm heart of Darlene Matz. And I have to tell you a quick story before we get to her fabulous story. So I'm here over in Alaska and I was in the airport down in Fairbanks and she got on the airplane, the same airplane that I was getting on to the far, far north. And the last leg of the trip was a very small plane. And I was looking at Darlene because she was sitting right in front of me and she was knitting. And I thought, oh man, I have got to speak to her and find out the story behind this lady, this wonderful lady who is flying across Alaska and knitting at the same time. And even as we speak, she is knitting. So Darlene, tell us your favorite little phrase. My favorite phrase would be, alone we cannot change the world but we can each make the world better for another person. That is so wonderful. And that is what you are doing. And you have a story to tell about your knitting. Everybody wants to hear it. This is so awesome. Well, when I was 10 years old, I read the Little House on the Prairie books and I became obsessed. I was going to learn how to knit because I knew how to knit in there. However, in the town that I lived in, there was only one person who knew how to knit, and she was left-handed. <laughs> so so I knit a little bit strangely, but it looks okay when I get done. About, about the year 2005, my mother died, and I had just started making hats, and my stepfather said to me, 
how many of those are you going to do anyway? And I said, oh, maybe 25. And he laughed at me. And that's all it took to make me determined to do more than 25. (laughs) So now I'm close to 3,000. 3,000? Yes. Oh, my goodness. And what are you doing with 3,000 hats? And do you still have them? No. no. I have only what I've done this year. And I currently do a lot of hats for homeless. And then I also do some for villages. And they're villages that I have some kind of a tie to. I've been working on the Presbyterian and Nupiac congregations, and uh, I'm I'm getting to the end of it. The last one is going to be a full year's worth because it's uh, Barrow or... Uh, Can you... So some of our listeners don't know what it is when you're saying villages. So can you kind of talk a little bit about the villages? The villages are basically, in any other state, they would probably be called reservations. Um, and I grew up on a reservation, on the Leech Lake Reservation in northern Minnesota. And I just saw how some of the things that we think of as ordinary, everyday things were missing in people's lives. So hats are easy to transport. They're easy to take with me wherever I go. And I keep making hats and then I'll donate about 55 to each village. This year it's going to Wainwright and Nuixit. And all of these villages are in Alaska. All of them are north, very northern Alaska. Northern Alaska, okay. And close to Barrow. If people have heard of Alaska, they may have heard of Barrow but they will not have heard of these small villages because I didn't know they existed until I moved up here. And I had lived here before, and I didn't know they existed. And so I I just pick out a village that I feel motivated to do that with and make a contact in the village, one of the religious leaders usually. And right around Christmas time, they will get those and hand them out, however they choose to do it. And so the hats are going to the chil- to children? Children and elders, and anyone that needs one. Um, and I, I assume that the people who are responsible will figure out who needs hats. And I heard you talking this afternoon about different styles, that you use different colors just so that you don't have... Ten hats that are all the same. Exactly, yeah. And so what, tell um, me about that. Well, uh, these are, the one I happen to be working on is a plain one, but some of the plain ones get flowers sewn on them, and uh, they're usually crocheted flowers. But And then I do some with stripes, different stripe patterns. But because I was flying today, I didn't want to have six skeins of yarn in there, fall, jumping out of my knitting bag all the time. Right. <laughs> And you did have quite a bit of yarn. Yes. So, I mean, this is definitely a vocation for you mm-hmm. and dedication, and it's your imprint. I mean, those children and the elderly in the villages know you through your hat mm-hmm. and through the care that you've taken. I was here in Kaktuvik for a funeral in the spring, and... I saw a little girl wearing one of the hats I had made. Oh, now isn't that special? That's it an was. imprint. That is yeah, it, such it, a fabulous But it imprint. gives me a lot of pleasure, too, be, 
because I could touch people's lives in a simple way, and it's, my husband might disagree with this, but it's not tremendously expensive. It, you know, doesn't cost hundreds of dollars to do a simple hat. No, but it sure costs a lot of your time, which I know time for everybody is very precious, yet you take that time to not only do the hats, but to travel and go to these villages. And how many villages do you think you've gone to? I I have only personally gone to two. I've been to Anatuvik Pass, which is a wonderful place, and... uh, then Kuktuvik is my regular assignment. And there's supposed to be someone else sharing this assignment, but he is now working two jobs, so I may be coming more often, which is fine. I, I don't have any young children. I have a grandson who misses me because Grandma makes the best peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll survive. <laughs> and uh, I so I'm free to do it, and... I don't want to just sit in my house either. I want to do be involved with people. Well, and it's a fabulous imprint. And one of the things that, that I think is important with what you do is not just the hats, but the fact that you are not there to deliver them and see the glory <laughs> and the happiness on the children's faces and on the, the adult faces. You do it out of the kindness of your heart and you ship them out with other donations and well and and it just it's good to you know to hear what the response is but it's that's not important once i once i finish a hat i'm done with that you know that's my job that my that part is my job is knitting them well now and i want to make clear to the listeners that it's it's not um your job that you get paid for it's something that you do it's your job from your heart. It's, it's again, your positive imprint. And it's making the world a better place. And you said earlier that it's not, you know, much, but it is. That child has warmth. These and, are fabulous and the, hats. And everybody likes having something new. And in the Native culture especially, it means so much if it's hand done. It means more than something that's done commercially. And that is... Again, a wonderful imprint. Darlene's awesome. Well, keep listening to Darlene Matz as she continues to share her positive imprint with you. And get inspired. Alone, we cannot change the world, but we can make it a better place for one other person. And Darlene is doing that. Well, she has a story to tell about a family that she bought a sewing machine for that changed the family's life forever. Well, that sewing machine had a twist of a stitch and a community leader was born. Can you tell us some more about yourself? Well, I was thinking, um, my husband went to seminary late and so I was working um, as a spouse there and we had a international student from Tanzania who would come in the library where I was working every hour to see if there was a fax from his wife. Well, she was in Tanzania, 10 miles from where she could send a fax with a one-year-old and a two-year-old and a very unreliable uh, bus system. But eventually she came over and she kept talking about her niece. And Bahati was a widow with four children, 
and one who had starved to death. And she kept saying, oh, Pahati, uh, you know. She comes, she asks me for food, and of course I have to give her food, but her kids aren't in school because they don't have the school fees and so on. And Bahati has tuberculosis, and so she doesn't have a lot of physical strength. So I finally I said, what would make a difference? What would she like to do if she had something to do? I think she would like to sew, but there's no way she'll ever have the money for a sewing machine. Well, what does a sewing machine cost in Tanzania? Oh, a hundred dollars. And, uh, but then she'd have to learn how to use it. And, and her children still need some food. Well, how, how much do you think we could do this for? Oh, maybe $200. So I took out a checkbook and wrote out a check and I made it for 250. I said, the children are going to need things too, you know. Now Bahate has a business of her own. Her kids are in school. She's, she only works part-time because she doesn't need to work full-time. And I'm thinking, what a difference from somebody who's literally starving, wearing rags, and living in a house made out of banana leaves, which does not keep snakes out at all. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and now, you know, she's a community leader for $250, which is not very much when you think of how we spend money in the United States. So that's, that, that had a tremendous impact on me, just knowing that you really can change someone's life. Other than that, I come up to Kuktuvik to uh, lead worship at the Presbyterian congregation here. It's a very small, very struggling congregation, but we continue to grow and serve each other together. I was a lay pastor in the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. And that's really worried me, but they, the Presbyterian Church is a fellowship partner, so I can, I can do this. Well, there were a little, few hoops to jump, but uh, we enjoy it very much. I, I love coming up here. And you spend quite a bit of time with the village people here, too. Right. And you seem to know them, and you seem to be helping them with some of their own issues that they have struggles with. Try to. That's all we can do is try. And uh, well, that's a great sometimes it's, a, it's sitting and crying with somebody, and sometimes it's praying and reading Bible, but it's whatever fits the situation. Or pulling a hat out and telling them they look great and give them a smile. Right. Uh, I usually send around 50 hats to a homeless ministry in Anchorage. It's the one that people come to when they come out of the villages. Typically, they come out with nothing, so they need warm clothing and, and so on. And I understand that the day that they get the hats is pretty exciting for people trying on hats so oh. but why should why should they not be able to have something fun too that's my you know and that's why I don't want to do just I could sit and knit yarn for the rest of my life but let's change it around and make each one a little bit unique so that people can have pride in it that's so awesome 
Well, Darlene Matz, you are very interesting. <laughs> and your imprint goes far into the north in which we are here. And I don't know if the listeners can hear, but the wind is absolutely horrendous out there. And we, of course, were walking in the wind earlier. And if any piece of skin was showing, it just froze. <laughs> So it, it's, it's worse when it's 40 below, believe yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and you are very dedicated, and, and just I'm so happy to have met you. I'm so glad I saw you sitting there knitting, <laughs> because now I feel like I have a new friend, and the villagers always have a friend when they see you coming. Every villager looked over and said, Oh, Darlene is here, <laughs> Darlene is here, hello. And they gave you a hug, happy to see you. And you put a smile on their face. Well, last last uh, Christmas, I was here. And we were having a little bit of problem trying to fit something religious into their traditions. Because Christmas Eve, Santa Claus comes. And each child gets a gift. Every child gets a gift. Uh, sometimes it's provided by their parents. Sometimes it's provided by the community. But... Every child gets a gift, and it's a big, exciting time. And, of course, they get candy canes and stuff like that. And most of the families get together and open presents that way. So um, they decided, well, the best time for me to be there was before Santa Claus. I won't guarantee that any of the children were listening very hard. (laughs) (laughs) But after all this, which had been, I would say, five to six hours, then... They called on me to kind of end it, and I'm I'm not sure, you know, what I'm going to do. I I got up there. I told the story of flying in because we ended up chartering a a very small plane and coming in at night, and you can't from where I was, I couldn't see anything except one star, and of course that tied in quite nicely with the Christmas story. So I read that, and then I gave a, just a very simple devotion and had a prayer, and everyone stood up and clapped. And that just totally amazed me, how appreciative they were. For something, it was a very simple thing to do. Um, if I think if I couldn't get up and give a Christmas message uh, without a lot of preparation, I probably should find a different <laughs> area <Yeah>. to specialize <laughs> in. But it was... it. It's really hard to serve these small congregations and scattered all over. Um, it's not like they're ever going to be self-supporting. It's not like they're ever probably going to have a pastor in their community. And we're we're trying to reach out to them as best we can. I find that a worthwhile thing to put energy into. Well, that is, I, I'm thrilled with your story. And I think the listeners are too, and they're going to go out and they're going to learn to knit some of them <laughs> and, or get back to knitting because, you know, frankly, some of our crafts have been set aside. I had not knitted 15 years when I went back to it. Oh, so you had a... a uh, yeah, I was working um, when my husband was in seminary 70 to 90 hours a week, and there wasn't much time to knit or do anything else. The listeners can't <laughs> see you, but one of the parts about you is that you, no matter how you feel, I mean, I've gotten to know you through this, and 
no matter how you feel, you still trudge on and you go get on these small charter planes to go out to the villages. And you also have a hard time getting around sometimes walking with your ankle, correct? Is it yeah. your ankle? Well, yeah. One one leg is has gotten to be shorter than the other is why. And uh, But, you know, knitting is something you can do sitting in one place. <laughs> but, you have, but you still have to get to the plane and get to the next. You're very humble. I just You're tell very them, humble. I just tell people I'm slow and there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> well, you're not slow when you're around here. You are quick to turn and give a hug and a smile. And that's one of the, the things I appreciate so much about the village is that's how they greet people. That's how they greet each other and... You know you're being accepted when they start giving you those hugs, too. But what a nice thing to do, just to, to make each person feel like they're contributing something. So that's what I enjoy doing. We relate to people in love, not in hate or any kind of prejudice or anything. I've enjoyed you. Darlene, again, thank you so much. Well, I've enjoyed getting to know you, too. Well, thank you. Wouldn't it be awesome if I could find this lady out in Tanzania that Darlene bought this sewing machine for and who is a community leader out there now? Well, I'm going to look into it. I will keep you posted. In the meantime, I've had a drawing for today's prize, which is a Chris Knoll Music CD. And congratulations to Martha for winning this CD. Well, thank you for listening to Your Positive Imprint. And please go to my website, yourpositiveimprint.com, where you can learn more about this episode, the show, and myself. You can also sign up for email updates. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook, Your Positive Imprint. Please leave positive reviews, and don't forget to hit that positive button and subscribe to this podcast, Your Positive Imprint. What's your PI? Subscribe now.